Okay, let's start Parshas Vayetze, Tavshin Pei Beis, and uh, we get into uh, Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu uh, and his trip uh, out, running for his life, running for two different reasons, as is uh, described in in, uh, in this week's parsha, uh, the Beis Halevi discusses the two different parts of the first pasuk. He's running from Beersheva. He's going to Haran. He's running away, and he's running to. He's listening to his father. He's listening to his mother. He's running away from Esav. He's running to find a wife. Eleven of the Shvatim are born in this week's parsha. Exciting parsha. We get into the story of Yaakov and his wife. And I'll start off with a thought that we did, I think, 12 or 13 years ago, a long time ago, um, from the uh, from Zevin. But I thought uh, we would review it because it's a crucial uh, defining defining thought. Says the the Torah of Lamadim Rav Zevin, Parshas Vayetze he yichida ben kol parshios haTorah she'ein ba me'rishisavat so pashum hefsuk parsha. It's the only parsha that has no break in the Torah shebechsav in how it's written. Right, there are some parshios. There's another parsha that starts off like it doesn't start off with a regular amount of space that uh, usually precedes a parsha. But Vayetze is one parsha, all of it. Vayetze, no hefsik, lo psucha v'lo stuma, no psuchas or stumos in it. V'remes galdav adavar, and there's a remes here. Why is Vayetze like that? Says Rav Zevin, what happened in the parsha? Yaakov goes to Chutzlaretz. His father never left. His father never went to Chutzlaretz. Yaakov has to go to Chutz Laaretz. Right, one of the reasons he could go is to find a wife. All the way until he comes back to Machanayim at the end of the parsha, and he's on his way back. There's a lot that happens. This parsha is, right, 20, maybe 30, 30, uh, 34 years worth. Right, he's 14 years of uh, of in shame ve'ever, which are which are hinted to, and then 20 years working for the wise before he comes back. Some parshios are uh, just a few years. Some parshios are hundreds of years. Some parshios are 40 years. You have a whole sefer that's 40 years, uh, and some parsh- some sefarim are are six weeks from Rosh Chodesh until Zion Adar, as we have a uh, sefer dvarim. But this one is a a, a couple of decades. Ubechol meshach zman galuso lo isiach daito afrega mehaaretz asher yatsemisham, and the um, emphasis and the siman of uh, the fact that there is no break in between in within vayetze is that Yaakov didn't have a hesachadas throughout the time that he was in chutz laaretz shum hafsaka v'shum revach bein time. Yaakov was in Chutzlaretz for 20 years, for 34 years or so. He never had a hesachadas from where he came from. He never lost focus. It's like when we need a hesachadas, when we have our tefillin on, we can't think of anything else. Yaakov for decades never forgot where he came from, never um, didn't have focus of Eretz Yisrael on his mind. That was Yaakov's neder. And if this is true about Yaakov Avinu as an individual, he never had a hesachadas for all the years that he had to go to Chutzlaretz. The Medrash says that Yaakov, of course, is the symbol of the Avin Golis. There's much evidence. Remember the Meshachachma in Parshas Vayigash that Yaakov Avinu is the only one of the Avos that has a Maros Halayla, that has a, a night vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on his way down to Mitzrayim when he finally goes down in Parshas Vayigash to symbolize he's the Av Golos. That's Yaakov Avinu for us. Uba Medrash, Rabbi Shua ben Levi Patar Kara Begalios. Shua ben Levi explained this pasuk talking about the exiles. Vayetzi Yachem Ber Sheva Hechta Kamad Atamar Shalach Me Al Panai Vayetzeu Vayela Charona Hechta Kamad Atamar Asher Hoga Hashem Mubiom Charona Po Lafichach Kishem Shev Yaakov Nomar. Just like by Yaakov it says. And uh, in the Sifri Emma is a quote that the Jews being bring bracha to wherever they go in Galus. It comes from Yaakov Avinu being bringing bracha 
to Lavan. Lavan even recognized it. Lavan recognized that bracha that was brought from Yaakov Avinu. Ultimately, Lavan was not too nice. How many times has that repeated itself in history? With the Jews being bracha to a country, the Jews bring bracha, bring uh, skills, bring wisdom, bring so much to a country, and eventually, right, the face of the country changes upon us. And all the bracha that we brought is, is, is meaningless to them, and we have been forgotten. You name the continent, and it's happened to the Jewish people. And Rahman al-Islam, most of the time, you can name the country, and it's, uh, and it's happened. This is what Yaakov Avinu does. He has to go into Gullus to, again, on the Kabbalistic level, what's known as bringing up the sparks of, of, sanct, of sanctity, of holiness from those areas. So too, not only Yaakov brought out the Kedusha from Chutzlaretz with him back to Eretz Yisrael with Rachel and with Leah and with his 11 children, we bring them back, and Maisa Avo Simon Labanim says of Zevin. We have to act like Yaakov Avinu. When a Jew is in Gullus, that then we have to we have to worry about and do what we can to uplift, to inspire, to bring up the the uh, light from the darkness that is Gullus. But also we have to recognize. No hesachadas. There's no break in Vayetze. Because there can't be a hesachadas for the time that we're in Chutzlaretz. Whether it's an individual who's there for a couple of decades, whether it's a nation who's there for centuries. There can't be a hesachadas from where we are supposed to be and where we started off and where the destiny of Am Yisrael is to all come back. Ukeshem she Yaakov. He didn't have any hasachadas. Already in our first galus, bavel. Right, we said that. Right, the um, remember on the on Naros bavel, right on the, the midrashim that, that we referred to in the first kina on Tishabav. Nupsu chasideha that uh, Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to sing on, on the Al-Naros Bavel. And they mutilated themselves and said, we can't sing, we only sing for, our, for the Beis HaMikdash and, the, um, and for the Karbanos. So that's the first message. There can't be a Hesachadas throughout all of these centuries. And I might add, even if when we come back to Eretz Yisrael and we have the schus of being here, we're still in Gullus without a Beis HaMikdash. We're still uh, not fully there. We might be physically close, but we still have so much to go. We have so many, so many people to inspire, so many Jews that are so lost, that are so distant, that have to be brought back. And that's why we can't have a Hesach Hadas from any of it until, until Eliyahu Anavi, Hineanu Cheshalech, Lamas Eliyahu Anavi, Lifnei Bo, Yom Hashem. Okay, so here we go. So Yaakov Avinu is on his way out. Vayifka Bamakom. And he comes to the place, and Chazal uh, already pick up on that phrase, unusual phrase, how do you, he's walking. So he went, he came back, the Gemara Masech HaSchulin, how could he have passed by the place where his forefathers davened? And he slept there because the sun set. Because the sun set. Right? He was calculating how long he had, and all of a sudden something happened that was not natural. The sunset, Rashi, Kiva Shemesh. Hayalo lift over Yavo Shemesh, Vayalan Sham, Kiva Shemesh, Mashrosh, Shakalo Hame Pitom, Slobonasa, the sunset, not at its proper time, Kidei Shayalin Sham, so that he slept there. Rashi earlier, though, quotes the Yaakov Avinu Vayifka is a Lushan of Tfila. And here, Yaakov Avinu enacts Tfila's Arvis. Velamanu shetikin Yaakov Tilas Arvis, says the says Rashi based on the Gemara. Question one: Why did Yaakov Avinu only enact Myriv here? Right, all the years beforehand, he did not. Why was it delayed? Why Dafka here? Question one. Question two: Vayishka b'makomahu. A couple of Rashi's later, we know Rashi quotes famously Lashon Miut. He slept in that place. 
That's excluding something. But also Makom Shachav, in that spot he slept, Aval Yudalot Shonim Shashimish Beis Aver, Lo Shachav Balayla. But for the past 14 years, in the Beis Medrash of Aver, he did not sleep. Shaya Osek Batorah. He was Osek Batorah. Does it mean Mamish not sleep? Does he mean he just dozed every so often on the Shtender? But he didn't sleep all the and now he slept. Now he slept. So second question, why did he allow himself to sleep now? If he's such an amazing individual that he doesn't need sleep, he can serve HaKadosh Baruch without sleep, so keep going. Just because you're on the road, he was more exhausted, he wasn't in the base Medrash. So why, Dafka, did he allow himself to sleep now, and why did he wait and specifically hear enact Tfilas Arvis? Again, the second question of Arvis has many answers. He's on his way into Galus, and Meirev is at night, and it's the tefillah of uh, nighttime. But maybe there's another idea. So I got recently somebody, uh, an old friend of mine, gave me a set of Chaye Moshe. Chaye Moshe is a set of from by Ramosha Bik. Ramosha Bik was a Rosh Yeshiva in America, in Brooklyn. He was in Europe, and then he was in uh, Brooklyn, and he was, uh, he was learned in YU with Ramosha Soloveitchik, I think, and then he was close with all the Gdolim in, uh, in, uh, in New York. So Ramosha Bik, he talks about here in the Chaye Moshe, he asked these two questions. He asked these two questions. Mahaya Hagorim Sha'atay Natan Libo Latake Tfilas Arvis. And Srikhan Lahavin, line 15, Hatam Shalacha Yudalat Shonim, Shachagar Oz Lamur, Behechamelach Shachavosa. Why do you sleep now? So he quotes from the Gemara in Meseches Sanhedrin. Venira Levire. Din Amru Chazal, Amarava, Rabusa, Lemiboi, Boi. Bishnei, I'm sorry, it's a little light. The copy machine was a little light this week. Bishnei Darav Yehuda Kuli Tununuzikin Habe. In the years of Rav Yehuda, the Gemara says, as also alluded to in Brachos, they were, they were tremendous Tamid Chachamim. They learned. They learned all of Nizikin. We learn a lot more than them. We learn up to Uksin. They learn Nizikin. They spend their time in the, in the Yeshiva Shemesechtis. Right? Nashim and Nizikin. We learn Uksin. We have Shirim on Taros. And Zroim. And yet, right? they, they weren't Bukiyim as much as we are in terms of the nitty gritty of, of Seder Taras and the less known Halachos. We have 13 yeshivas just learning Uksin. And yet, when there's a drought, and we need some rain. Rav Yehuda Shalaf Besani Vasi Mitra. He took off his shoe, the earlier generations, and it started raining. V'yanan Kasavchina, and we daven all day, and nothing happens. V'leka Demashkachman. So, so we have so much more Torah than them. We're learning day and night. So, so why do they have? Why do they have God's ear, so to speak? Ella, again, the Gemara in Brachas has it a little differently. Ela hakadosh baruch hu libaboi. Says the Gemara Sanhedrin, Hashem wants your heart. It's not about just what we know, but what that knowledge does to us. Rachmana libaboi. Dechsev v'Hashem yirel levav. Hashem sees to the heart. Ad kan hagemara. What do you see from that gemara? Says Rav Bik. Sha'af shaha adam osik b'torah b'midam aruba. Even if somebody has tremendous amount of Torah and amelus, alav lahashlem es libo. She libo nachon lahashem yisbarach. The learning has to shape and open our hearts. No matter how much Torah we know, if we don't allow it to shape our heart, which is the way we directly connect and talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so then it's it's not going to be it's not going to be successful. and that's how we know about David, and that's what we know about Avraham. David Amelach, who went up to such high levels in Torah. David Amelach was unbelievable. In his level of learning, Ma'od, and Chazal tell us, Shalach HaGemosa V'chol Makom, V'darshukein Hashem Imo, and he was a get-up HaChatzos HaLayla Lasuk Batora, still, Hatir B'tfila L'Hashem Yisbarach, Lev Tahar Barali Elokim. When he faced Hashem, what is David known as? Ne'im Zmiros Yisrael. 
for writing Tehillim. It's David's heart that we connect to. At Avram Avinu, right? We say it every morning. Psukim in Nehemia. Umatsasa es levavo neem on It's not just Avram Avinu, his mind. And he recognized Hashem before anybody else in monotheism and he spread monotheism throughout the world. But he allowed that to shape his lave. There might have been people who thought about monotheism or Torah on Avram's time. But Avram Avinu's heart was the one that was Neeman Lifanecha. And Umatsasa, Mitsia, Rabbi says, means that you found it. It wasn't like all over the place. It means it was something, right, that Yagatu Matsata, right, Lashem Mitsia, Chazal always point out, is Darashino Matsuikoka. You don't have to find air. Air is there. You have to find jewels. Something that's not common. That's Mitzia. So that's the Yisod. It's not just about learning. It's about allowing the learning to shape us and to uh, you know, make our religious personalities into a certain way. So now we get to the explanation. Obviously, Tfilah and Davening, to be able to be Misakin, a tefillah for, for eternity, right? Avodah shebelev, it's all about the lave. But how do you create that lave to create the avodah shebelev? That's the Torah to help to create the lave. And they work together. Obviously, we don't say, oh, we're not going to daven until I've, um, I've had a certain amount of Torah. We have to daven also. But ultimately, the davening is supposed to get deeper and more intense based on the more Torah that a person knows. Through the Torah that we learn, that is supposed to help shape our hearts in, in a way that we recognize we're dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we need to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the different ways of purification of the heart. Right, Torah is called the Mei Hadas. Right, it's like a mikvah. So when we purify ourselves through the mikvah of Torah, so then we are ready to be able to daven properly. I might add, in order to have siyata deshmaya in our learning itself, we need davening. So it, it works both ways. Right? There's a symbiotic relationship. They both work on each other. Right? Torah creates the lave. But we need to daven in order to get the Torah also. That's the second to last daven shas, the end of Masechah's Nida. If I want anything, it has to come with davening. Habalo halo sagya. Whether it's children, whether it's uh, riches, whether it's wisdom. Right? We have to yivaki to mishachach mashalo. So therefore they work together. But again, his point is that the Torah leads to the heart in order for the tefillah. So now we understand. Yaakov Avinu pushed and pushed and pushed through all those years, didn't sleep a wink because he was working on the Torah and also perfecting the heart. He wanted to be Mesakein Mairiv, which was the Tefillah of darkness, which is the Tefillah of Gullus, and he knew he was going to do that, but he needed to be ready to do that. And therefore, he pushed himself without wasting a moment for those 14 years. That's why he didn't sleep all those 14 years. I, I don't know if I'm ready yet. I can't. And he, uh, there are Jewish quotes that come out in the beginning of Masechah's Brachas. A person shouldn't say, I'm going to rest a little bit and then I'll daven Meirv. You can never say that. No, no, no. Shalo yomar adam kodem tefilas arvis elech lebeisi ve'ochal kima ve'ishan kima. Right? I'll go and sleep a little and eat a little. No, no, no. First, you have to take care of business. But how do I create myrv? First, I have to learn for fourteen years straight, and then, and then I could create myrv. And that's why Dafka. Why? How did he know? How did he know he was ready? Right? Even Yaakov Avinu, he comes to the spot where his forefathers died.
It's like, okay, I guess that's the simon. I guess that's the simon. So now I could be Masaki Nairv and then I could take a little rest. Until that night. He felt himself. I'm not there yet. Right, we could talk about it. Each of the Avos' life reflected the tefillah that they were Mesakein. Avram Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha, and Yaakov Meirif. But Yaakov was getting ready. Once he got to that place, he was Nesiached and he realized this is the place. And now he can sleep again. He was allowed to sleep. He was a human being. Nothing wrong with sleeping. But this is what he did. And that's why when he woke up, okay. So this is Myriv, and this is why he didn't sleep for all those all those years. Moving right along. Moving right along. So Yaakov has his dream. Yaakov has his dream. The Sula Musav Artsa. He sees the ladder. Again, this is the first dream. This is the first dream in Sefer Bracious. First amongst many, we've pointed out in the past, there are many dreams in Sefer Bracious. There's not one dream in the rest of the Torah. Vayetze has dreams. Vayeshev has dreams. Miketz has dreams. There are many dreams in Sefer Bracious. It's a, it's a Sefer of dreams. Maybe there are some more. I don't remember. But, um, but either way, so he has a dream about the ladder. And of course, he sees the Malachim going up and down. And he wakes up and he says, I can't believe it. How did I go to sleep here? Well, let's read the Pasik. The Malachim are going up and down. And of course, what about why up and down? Should be down and up. Malachim start off upstairs. And then they come down. So we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Cesar Blumenzweig in Vehisalakti Vesochachem. In source number four. Rosh Hashiva in Yerucham. Parshinot Rabot Nitnu Lachlom Yaakov. There are many different interpretations to the dream. Achmitochan Oleu Mispaher Mabatechad. Hachalom Balagalo says Hashkafa Haamitit Alamitzius. The dream that Yaakov had showed him a certain reality. Showed him a certain reality. You know, most dreams that we have, most dreams that we have, aren't showing us a certain reality, right? They're showing us an imagination. There's, I'll get the Gemara. We're not having a share on dreams now, but there are many Mamari Chazal on both sides of the issue. Dreams are meaningless. Dreams are connected to what you know you think about during the day. You could all put them together somehow. The dreams have any um, any halachic import? Could somebody paskin based on a dream? The Gemara talks about. I think in Moed Katan, what about if somebody uh, is uh, takes a ned there in a dream? What if somebody is is menude, is excommunicated in a dream? All different uh, messages about the significance of dreams. But Yaakov's dream, great people's dreams, Yaakovina's dreams, uh, that has, that's a message. There's a message here. And if the Torah writes it down, that means there's a message for us also. We usually think that what we see when we're awake is reality, and the dream that we see is some other type of reality but not the real reality. But by Yaakov Avinu, he was being shown the real, he was being shown the real reality at the Makam HaMikdash. Ha'olam ha-mamashi ha-nigle ba'aris. I'm sorry, that's what the, uh, he thought. Ha'chalom megalakesh melimetziyah sir nosaf. The dream shows that there is another element. There's another element. And for Yaakov Avinu, it was an element, a heavenly element. It involved the angels. It involves Shamayim. The ladder itself went to Shamayim, and there are Malachi Elohim that he sees. And he quotes this from the Ramban on the Pasuk. The Ramban says, He was shown in the prophecy. Everything in this world is mushpa from the upper worlds. Right? There's a Gemara that tells us that there's a, a blade of good... person doesn't bang his finger in this world unless it's already nigzar from the upper world. This world is mushpa. Yaakov Avinu sees the malachim. 
They have to go give a report to God. It's not just what we see. There's a driver upstairs. Only how we react to everything in life is is in our control. There is so much out of our control. Remember that Gemara Nida, the Gemara says that there is a, a malach that whenever a person is about to be uh, be created in utero, the malach takes the drop in front of Hashem and says, okay, what should we say about, what do you say about this? Ashir, Ani, Chacham, Tipesh, everything, but not Tzadik or Rasha, because that's only up to him. But everything else is Nigzar. So message number one is that everything is mushpa from above. That's the first message of the dream. The Malachim are coming down. There's a hashpa'a that comes down from, from up above. That Shemaim is so involved in our world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaShkach is so involved in our world. Ein davar anasa b'metzias ha'nigles she'inenu muchuvanu mushchach b'yad Hashem. Fine. But is that it? Is that it? No, no, no. Because what does it say? Malachim are Olim v'yordim. So Rashi says his pshat, as we've t- touched on in the past, Olim, the Malachim, Eretz Yisrael are going up, and the Malachim, Chutz Laaretz, are coming down. That's why it's Olim v'yordim. But Blumenzweig says, maybe based on this Ramban, that the message of the dream is that there's a hashpa from above onto below, maybe there's a deeper message then for the Malachim, our first Ola, and then Yoraid. Based on... An Abarbanel. Says the Abarbanel. Towards the bottom. Hayu malache elokim olim v'yardim bo shehem malache elyon shluche ashkachaso shem olim imreach hakarbanos v'tfilos hamispalolim b'makom ahu beis ha-mikdash. That was the makom ha-mikdash. We know all tfilos go through the mikdash and then go up to Shemayim. That's what we dive in towards the mikdash wherever we are in the world. Because that's the way it goes. There's never traffic on that Tfila road. Right? It goes straight to the base of Migdash and goes straight up. What are these malachim, says the Abarbanel, and expanded upon by the Vesalachti Besochachem? It's the hashpa that we have. It's the Tfila that we have. It's the hopes and yearnings that we have. Yes! The dream is about the hashpa that the heavens have on earth. But that's step two. Step one is that we affect what happens in Shamayim. We daven. We do mitzvot. We create malachim. We, we create praklitim. We create defense attorneys that go up. And then memela, the hashpa of Shamayim comes down. We're able to influence, right? As, as the Sefer Yikaram that we always quote say, through tefillah we become different people. And that raises us up in terms of the hashkacha that we're zochet to. Ha-tefillah bokas me'atachtonim, ha-omdim u-medakshim, v'zu mashma'uta shel aliyas ha-malachim. First the malachim go up, rak la'achar mikan, bitur ma'aneh. Only stage two, as a response, the Shef Eloki comes down. And it's not just Tfila, which the Abarbanel spoke about. It's anything we do. Everything we do, Rav Chaim talks about this in Nefesh we can't fathom every single detail of every mitzvah that we do, what effect it has in Shamayim. Every little hidur, every little bit Every little maisachesed, every little smile. Kolasiyah shaladam ba'olam azeh, goreres teguvah b'isad ashkach elokis. Everything we do causes a reaction from Hashem. Imkain ba'ofan misuyam. So in a certain way, hatachtonim manhigim as ha'olam. So really, we are in charge. Because we influence what happens in Shemayim, which is that influences what happens down here. 
Maybe he doesn't quote it, but maybe this relates to that Gemara Balabasar Dafyud, where the Gemara says that one of the Amoraim, his son was between life and death, and then he came back and he says, What do you see? He says, Olam Hafach Raisi. I saw an upside down world. So maybe part of that meant this, this pshat. We think and we know that everything is Mushkach Vishamayim, but we don't realize that that's step two. We can influence somewhat. Obviously, we can't, we don't have all the answers. Tzadik Varala Rasha Batovo. But we influence, and in that way, that's the Malachim Olim. And only after that, Yardim. Olim the Yardim. And we raise ourselves. And that could create new hashkacha and closer hashkacha for us. Okay. We continue. So Yaakov Avinu is on his way. He wakes up. Remember in the past, He wakes up. In the morning, he takes the Evan, he makes the Matseva, he calls the place Beit El, and we're not going to get into the Ramban and the other Mafarshim, where exactly was he sleeping, Pashas he was sleeping on Har HaMoriah, but what do you mean Beit El, where was the ladder, Beersheva, all the different discussions how the ladder was, but Yaakov Avinu makes a neder. He was no there. If you're with me, and you guard me, you give me bread and clothing. And you bring me back in peace. Then you will be to me for a God. And this stone I will make into a base alokim, etc. right before Shani. So many Mepharshim ask, Yaakov was asking for clothing and food? I mean, he needed clothing and food. But that was what he asked for? Give me protection? If you give me protection and bring me back in peace and give me bread and clothing, so then then it'll be great. You'll be for me for a God. So the question was, what are we asking for? Number two, what kind of tanai is this? Right, he's making a deal with Hashem. And if not, not. And if Hashem doesn't, then he's not going to be low, 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 kim. Got a question that's asked by many. So if you look in the Mishnah Sachir, Rav Teichtel Sefer on Chomish, says the Ema Vodim Smeicha, source number six. For Neskashu Rabbim Bazeh, Hachi Chas V'Shalom Yaakov Hitol Tnai BeKabalas Elokuso Yisbarach. What was the message? So he first quotes the Hafla, the Hafla at the end of Tubis, the Hafla, right? The Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer, one of the Rebbeim. The Gemara that says at the end of Tubis. Call Alma Asida Haareshatoski Gluskosu Klaimilas. In the future when Mashiach comes, literally cookies and clothing will grow on trees. What does that mean? You know, you need a new suit, you just go go to the tree, find your size, and uh, you don't have to worry about shotness. Right? Just go take it. And the and uh Hafwa explains why. Why now do I have to cook? Why now do I have to, to uh, plant flax and linen and kind and make? It's all because of the chait. Before the curse, everything grew on trees. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to put. I didn't have to worry. Right? Why is that? In the future, when the world is deserving again, and we're misaking the chait of Adam and Chava, the klala will be removed, and then again, we'll have the cookies and the cake and the clothing on the tree, so we won't have to spend time preparing our gashmias. It'll be there, and we'll be able to just be focused on Ruchnius. That's the pshat of the hafla on that Gemara. So now says the Mishnah Sachir, he puts it into this Pasuk. Yaakov Avinu is not saying, you know, if you help me out and you give me bread and clothing. No, Yaakov Avinu is davening to return to that state. If I'm able to be part of the solution of bringing the world back to perfection, which is having food 
and clothing given to me and growing on trees. If that is what's going to happen, which I daven for, I'm going to try for. So then, I'll be able to just focus on you. I'll be able to have to be involved in, in the Zeh That's what's going on here. He's not making a deal with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a tefillah that we return to that original state. And an acknowledgement that so much of our life all of the dagot, right? Mar ben achas and mar ben daga. All of the, all of the v'seas apecha, right? Is all because we're in a bidyevet situation here. The Ramban says a number of times in his commentary on the Torah that b'smosa Mashiach we're going to go back to Adam Arishon l'fneachet. Adam Arishon l'fneachet. Does that mean no pechira? That's the kash that he has on the Ramban. Was there pechira chavshes? Okay. But either way, says the Mishnah Sachir, that's what's going on here. Calls, and then he, uh, he says, that's what uh, Yaakov Avinu is, is davening for in his, in, his, um, in his field. He has a few other things as well that uh, when somebody is in, um, he talks about Eretz Yisrael also, we'll get back to that uh, soon, and then he talks about in the base Medrash, but when one has to leave the base Medrash, we're not as dovuk because of so he's davening to have, that, to have that state back. Okay, you can look at the continuation, but we'll move on just to want to make sure that we finish uh, the other parts I wanted to get to. But let's focus on a Rashi. That's usually not always picked up on. It says Rashi, V'shavti v'shalom ha'beisavi, if you get, bring me back, V'yisi Hashem li lo'kim. So Rashi says, Sh'yachol shmo alai mitchila v'atsov, sh'lei mosi p'sul b'zari, v'chulu. If you look in the source number seven, Source number seven, he quote, uh, sorry, we'll see the Ramban. Revolbi quotes the Ramban. This isn't just a condition. If you will be for me, then I will be connected to you. If you bring me back, I will serve Hashem in this most special of lands. Right? There's a lot of Eretz Yisrael in this parsha. Right? The Ramban makes sure that we know that. The Ramban who himself made Aliyah. Because when I come back, I'll be in Eretz Yisrael. And I'll be able to have that strong connection. Maybe this is a, a uh, emphasizing an encouragement that now while the skies are, as Hashem, at least open somewhat, you know, everybody should do what they can to come, at least for a temporary stay. Come munach hasod shel Eretz Yisrael, says Revolbi. This is the secret. Sheb Eretz Yisrael ein ha'an hagaz ha'idei sar ha'uma kama b'chutz l'aretz. As the Ramban says in Parshat Zachremos, there's direct hashkacha here. Direct hashkacha. It's not through a sar. Elan hagai de ashchina atzma vayashem li lalokim. Bevadai shagam bechutzlar as yesh yehudim yireim v'shleimim says Revolbi. Yes, in chutzlar as there are also wonderful, amazing Jews. Elakiven shabechutzlar as hashpa yoredes derech asarim shalosan amedinos zedome kimisha ein lo eloka. But it's not direct. It's not a local call. It's not a local call. Yesh gam hevdol basaga. And not only is the hashgacha what Hashem gives us different, but what we could achieve. And we'll see how we do this. He quotes from his Rebbe Rav Dessler. It says, Rav Dessler once told him, Shemashu tzarech b'chutzlaretz la'amol b'meshech chadshayim b'eretz Yisrael hu omid Allah b'toch shvuayim. There's a difficult sukkah he's trying to work out. It takes him two months in chutzlaretz. It takes him two weeks in Eretz Yisrael. Avira Deret Yisrael is machim. There's a special siyata deshmaya that Rav Dessler felt in Eretz Yisrael. And then Revolbi says, look what I wrote in Ali, or at least the editors of the Shirei Chomer say, well, look what he wrote in Ali Shur. So if you look at the Ali Shur, Ein safeki ben aliyah misalab Eretz Yisrael kiflayim yasher b'chol makam akher ba'olam. There's potential here. It doesn't mean that it's automatic, says Revolbi, though. It doesn't mean that it's automatic. As the saying goes, when somebody makes aliyah, they shouldn't stop making aliyah. 
Yeah, there's a, definitely a schus. The Gemara talks about some of the Rishay Malchay Yehuda that were Zochet to great things because they built up porches of Eretz Yisrael, but obviously they didn't merit what they could have merited. Milvad kala mitzvah atulios, but besides the mitzvah atulios, but that one gets to do kovas avodam yuchedes laharitza larotza lihikali beruch noyoseha. But if one wants to get the full experience of Eretz Yisrael, says Revolbi, one has to be open to it. And if one doesn't open themselves to it and appreciate the land that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that Chazal call Eretz Chemda, Tov Rechava, then one can live here and not and not gain its the potential. And he quotes in, uh, uh, um, in Eben Ezra, which we're not going to read. And he says, Ube'emes, line 20, A person feels it when they come. One has to really look at themselves, as a, look at the life as, as a new opportunity. It has to be a focus. It has to be something that one works on. When somebody goes to a new yeshiva, Lahavdil, they have to work on it to get the most out of the yeshiva that they could get to. The most out of every Rebbe, the most out of every Mashkiach, the most out of every everything the yeshiva has to offer. Eretz Yisrael is, is a Kodesh Baruch Hu's yeshiva. It's a Kodesh Baruch Hu's palace. But only if one appreciates and recognizes the schus and what it's there. And the schus doesn't mean easy. And the schus never means that things come automatically. Right? It's hard work. And there are bumps. And maybe there are more bumps than there are, you know, outside of Eretz Yisrael in some areas. And it's not new. Right? The Klayaka writes 500 years ago that in Prague, there was a big plague of people building gorgeous, beautiful houses in Chutzlaretz. Why are they doing that, says the Klayakra at the end of Ayigash, beginning of Ayachi. In Prague, I wonder what those houses looked like 500 years ago. But again, we have to recognize, and, re- and the Revobi continues, V'sita enu bigvulenu we daven for. Not only shetaleinu v'simcha l'artseinu, but we daven on Yantav v'sita enu, give us an etia, let us be planted in our gvul. Let us be planted. Let us have roots here. Let us appreciate it. And therefore, and we have to recognize, and he quotes a letter from Renach Amedo Mivitosk, that it takes time. It's a lifetime maybe of experience. But we have to recognize what it presents to us and the opportunities that it can give us. Okay, there's more, but we'll continue. An amazing ha'ara of, yeah, there's so much here in the parsha. we didn't even get up to Shani. Okay. The Gemara tells us, Perach Avtes Pasig Lamed Hey, Leia Imenu. Leia Imenu has the first four boys. She has Yehuda. Batar Oda Tele Bain, Batomer Hapam Odeas Hashem, Alkein Karashmo Yehuda. I'm going to thank Hashem, and she calls him Yehuda Batamon Mileda. So the Gemara Baracha says that Leah was the first one to say thank you. First one to say thank you. Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Shemayah Choy, Miyam Shabbat Kadosh Baruch Hu Salamo, Lohaya Adam Shodah Kadosh Baruch Hu, Achebasa Leah Vahodasa. Nobody thanked Hashem until Leah thanked Hashem. Hapam Odeas Hashem. And the Kashi is what? What Adam Arishon said, Tov Lahodos Hashem. Right? We said, Chazal say that he wrote Mizbar Shiliyam Shabbos. Right? There were others that were Modeh. Right? So why is it Dafka? What was unique about Leah's so he quotes a beautiful Maisa. He quotes a Maisa from Rav Shalom Mashash. Not sure who that is, the Rav of Yerushalayim. That he was an elderly Rav and he was invited to give a shear in a certain kolel. When he was elderly, he walks in, he's walking with a cane, he goes up, he walks up to the podium, walks up the steps, and he gives this knockout shear. And then he comes down the steps, and as he's coming down the steps, the story is written there in Source 10 and 11, as he's coming down the steps, he drops his cane. And the cane, you know, falls all the way down the steps. And they run to get, get his cane, they run to get it. And he's like, no, it's okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he walks down the steps without the cane. Regular. They're like, but you have the cane. So what do you have the cane for if you don't need it? 
So he says, ten years ago, I had a very serious surgery. Chances were very slim, the doctors told me. It was very successful. The rehab was amazing. After a couple of months, I was able to start walking again with a walker, with a cane. And I, and I returned to myself. You know what I said to myself? I never want to forget the state that I was in. I want to have a constant reminder to remind me what I, what I felt like. So I said, you know what? I'm going to keep the cane. He wasn't one of those iron horror people, right? He was going to keep the cane and he was going to say, you know what? I'll, I'll walk with the cane. So I always remember when I needed the cane and when I couldn't even use the cane. Many said thank you, but only Leah named her son Yehuda so that throughout her life, whenever she says Yehuda, she thinks Hoda. It's constant. Not just a one-time, one-time thing over. I said, thank you, I'm good. No. Kara l'bna Yehuda, k'deisha b'chaleis tiskar l'hodos l'ashem. Hodah to me this. We have to find ways to have constant hodahs. To have reminders of hodah to all those who we need to give hodah to. Obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we say that three times a day. Modim, nodah. But what about to the other people in our lives? that we should find ways to remind ourselves, constant hodah, signs around the house, right? signs in certain places, constant hodah. Okay, and finally, the last thought for the evening, after Leah has a couple of sons, and Bila and Zilpa, the Pazik talks about the only girl born in the Parsha. Then she has a son. No, she has a daughter. And she calls her Dina. What does it mean? Va'achar. Achar what? So Rashi quotes the Gemara Masechah's brachas. Achar, Leah, thinks to herself, oh my goodness, if I have another son, then my sister's not even going to be like one of the Shvachos. Because they all knew they were going to be twelve. Number one. Next Pasik. Right after this, Hashem remembers Rachel and gives her a son. Rashi. Hashem remembers Rachel. Hashem remembers that she gave over the Simanim to her sister. And now by giving that over, what does Rachel think to herself? I'm going to Esav. But she says, I'm being Moser Nefesh. I'm giving it to my sister. So she's unembarrassed. Question. What is, why Dafka now, at this moment, does Hashem remember the signs, the simanim that Rachel gave? She gave them many years ago. Right? Leah is ready as a bunch of sons. All of a sudden, Hashem remembers that Rachel gave the signs. Why Dafka now? Is it somehow related to Dina being born? That's what it sounds like. So ask the Shemanatov and the Chela Gimel. What is the connection? What's the connection? So he says, As Chazal say, Rachel was ready to give up her life, basically. Give up her her married life. She didn't know that there was supposed to be two wives. Nobody knew. She was muhan to do that so her sister's not embarrassed. Unbelievable Messiris Nefesh that Rachel Imenu had. Guess what that Messiris Nefesh did? When, when Leah Imenu was pregnant, she thinks to herself, if I have another son, my sister is not going to even have like the Shvachos. Having a son, one of the shifte ka, Abi Mavater, says Leah. So my sister's not embarrassed. I'll daven to change it. So Leah herself was inspired from that 
action way back. Rachel Imenu was Moseres Nafsha for her sister, so she's unembarrassed. That causes Leah to be Moseres Nafsha for her sister, so she's unembarrassed. But right after Leah does that, Hashem says, wow, look at the, what the Messiah Nafsha of Rachel caused. Even Leah to do this? I'm giving Leah the credit. Uh, Rachel the credit. Hey, Leah doesn't get credit for this. Right? Why doesn't Leah get credit for this in Chazal? She just did it. She said, I want to give it. Because really it was Rachel's go-ring. Rachel really did it. Caused Leah. But that's why Dafka now. So it's all from the Hashpa of Rachel in the Mesira Simanim, and that's why there's no Scharfaleya, Vachulu, but Hakol, Ba Al Cheshbon Shal Rachel. Sometimes we have no idea this the influence of our actions or something that we say. There could be something we do, I'm sure it's happened to some of us in the past, and like Ten years later, or thirty years later, you know. Remember, you said that. You know, you know that I, I, you know that 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 touched me, and I did this. You know, a Talmud comes over. Rebbe, you said that twenty. I'm like, I don't even remember. You know, and how it could affect a person's life. We don't know. We have no idea. They have a long-term view. You know what? Maybe we'll never know. But that's okay. Right? The call Masachah b'Sefer Nechtav, and somebody remembers. Capital S. Somebody will remember and and keep track. So that's the message of the last thought, the hashpah that every one of our actions could have, every one of our words could have, every one of our mesiris nefesh could have, right? The sacrifice that we do for people, for our children, for our grandchildren, for those around us, we recognize that sacrifice and the dividends are always in the future at some point. Okay, we'll stop here. We will continue as we continue the march through... Vayishlach, Vayeshev, coming up in these months, uh, these weeks of Kislev. Okay, we'll stop here.